God damn it, I hate space. What is it with space? People go into space, they float, they die. It sucks. Space sucks. I hate space. I don't know about you, but I hate space. Anyway, <clears throat> hello there. Welcome to episode 10 of the Mixtape Podcast, the podcast dedicated to deconstructing film from a screenplay writer's perspective. I'm your host, as usual. My name is Marcelo Inestroza, joined as always by my fellow co-host and fellow screenplay writer, Dean Stark. And on today's edition of the show, we'll be discussing... Shit, I forgot the... Damn it, I forgot the... What, what year did this movie come out? <laughs> 2018. All right, you know what? I'm going to leave that in here. I'll leave it in here because you like when I fuck up, so I'll leave that in I here. I love it so much. On that note, we will be discussing the film entitled 2036, Origin Unknown. And guys, unlike the films, unlike the films that we have talked about so far on the pod, this film is very unique in that it is primarily in one location and it primarily focuses on Katie Sackhoff having a conversation with their artificial intelligence about the meaning of life. So that within itself should mean that this conversation is going to be rather interesting. So enough about that. And as I do every episode, I will kick it to my fellow co-host, Dean. So you don't like space? You have an issue with space? Is that what, is that yeah. what, is that what the opening was? <laughs> What's the yeah. issue with space? <laughs> Yeah, what's the what's the issue with space? How come every time humans go into space, something goes wrong? Can you explain that to me? I don't know. I think I don't think that's true. I think um, when when as often in human life, when things go right, nobody notices, but when things go wrong, it's displayed everywhere. So it's like you when you're at a job and you do the job perfectly, but the one time you fuck up, it's like noticeable. So I think the only reason people and yourself tend to think that is because that's all we see. But we don't see the missions that actually go right where nothing goes wrong because nobody cares because it's gone right. And a lot more stuff has gone right than has got wrong than has gone wrong when it comes to space travel. It's just we just see every time it fucks up. You're right. That that is probably true. Um, but enough about that. So so what say you about this movie? So, 2036 Origin Unknown. After a deadly crash, Mission Controller Mackenzie Wilson assists an artificial intelligence system to uncover a mysterious object under the surface of Mars that could change the future of Earth. It was directed by Hasraf Dulal, which is based off of uh, one of his uh, short films, and it stars Katie Sackhoff, and if you know the name... Um, and you're a sci-fi nerd like we are. She was in Battlestar Galactica, my favorite character. I do forget what her name was in Battlestar Galactica. What was it? What's her name in Battlestar Galactica? Katie Sackhoff. Starbuck. Starbuck. That's right. That's right. Starbuck. Yeah, she was. She was. She was my favorite. She's been in a lot of other stuff, but most notably, people would know her from that. This movie is interesting because, like Marcelo said, it is literally her in a room with an AI, and it's just it's just talking. The whole movie is just talking and maybe some people might think that's a bit boring, but it's written really well that it just, it keeps you, it keeps you into the story. So the opening scene, well, before that, the opening credit scene, because there's a credit scene with these beautiful um, galaxies and planets. It actually looks really, really nice from coming from someone that doesn't necessarily like opening credits, credit sequences felt like it was just really pretty to look at. And so right off the bat, you go, okay, if you didn't know anything about it, you're like, okay, so this is about space. This is about something. This is about universes. This is about something that's kind of beyond, beyond us. Um, and then we get to this beautiful shot of earth, which, which is probably most likely CG, but it's a beautiful shot of Earth. And then it says on the screen, Earth 2030. So we start hearing uh, Mission Control, we'll do a countdown of a takeoff of um, what we see is a space shuttle. So we see a rocket, a shuttle jettisoned into space, and we start hearing kind of the the 
artificial intelligence on board talking with the astronauts. We hear the astronauts talking um, and they say, you know, travel time to Mars is 80 days. So so then it skip, skips to 80 days later and we expect that they're at, they're at Mars and they are and they enter, we see the shuttle enter Mars atmosphere and just before they land there's like a weird light anomaly that comes out of nowhere and kind of latches onto the shuttle and if anybody and I know that you are if anybody's a fan of Star Trek it looks kind of looks like a tractor beam um, and then the ship kind of kind of vanishes and we hear mission control trying to contact the astronauts and there's just there's there's just no response at all um do you have anything to say about kind of the opening scene? I think it sets the scene and the mood for the kind of the, the, the way that the movie is going to be, the, the tone of the movie. I thought it was quite good. It was quite interesting. You're like, oh, okay, okay. So do you have any thoughts about the, the opening scene of the movie? The opening scene does a really good job at giving us the sort of main issue of the film. But the problem is that I felt that the opening of the, the, opening of the film – was misleading in a way because you go in thinking that the whole film is going to be about these humans finding out what happened to the space shuttle when and here's the thing as the movie goes along and we get introduced to starbuck or katie sackoff in this film we find out that the movie is not about that but about something else so i really thought that this opening scene was kind of, it, it was good, but it was misleading to me because I thought the movie was going to be about one thing and it turned out to be about two or three other things. I agree. I 100% agree. I thought that the first time when I watched this movie, I thought it was going to be about that. Um, it does come back around to that, but you know, yeah, I thought that it was going to be about that, but that kind of sets, I don't know, it kind of seemed like a, subplot like in the grand scheme of the whole overarching story you kind of didn't need it i mean it was good that it was there because it did circle back but you didn't need it because yeah you just kind of didn't need it do you feel like do you feel like they could have taken it out and nothing would have affected the storyline absolutely you could have had you could have just had a scene with this cube thing showing up on earth somewhere on earth and causing a disturbance because that's what that's what this film is largely about this cube showing up and this cube being able to teleport to different places on earth without any explanation whatsoever. The other thing that I thought was unnecessary and superfluous is you are told by Katie Sackhoff's sister character in the film that for some reason they're at war on earth. And there's two fighting factions. And that leads to something later in the film that really doesn't amount to anything because at the end of the film, something happens that negates everything. So that whole thing I thought was useless and, and, and not superfluous because you don't really get an understanding of the politics of how Earth works and what's going on on Earth. So that was just ridiculous. So, so that was wasted real estate to me. There's a lot of plot holes in this movie. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of things that are not really ironed out. Don't make no sense. I mean, it sounds like it's a bad. It's not a bad movie. There's just a lot of things from a screenwriter's perspective that you go, yeah. There's a lot of things that don't circle back. There's a lot of things that are set up, and I think throughout the whole movie, you are still like kind of confused as to what is going on, but we'll, we'll get to it. So anyway, after that scene, after the shuttle goes down from this weird tractor beamy light thing, uh, we see words come up on the screen. And the first thing that's um, said is hyper light communication has accelerated the space race. Now it doesn't explain really what hyper light communication is. So that kind of bummed me out. I was like, well, I don't know that you've just made up words. <laughs> What am I supposed to say to that? Um, and then the second batch of writing is, in the wake of the Martian 1 shuttle disaster, which is the, the opening scene, uh, United Space Planetary Corporation initiated full-scale 
redundancies to implement AI controlled missions. And so you're like, okay, so after that mission, they basically had no faith in humans anymore and decided to put everything best. Basically the hands of NASA is now at the fate at the hands of, um, AI. And so you're like, Oh, okay. That's probably not great. Um, the next set of words says only a handful of staff are retained as supervisors. So there's only a couple people that work at NASA now. Everything else is AI controlled. I find this really, I find it interesting. It's like one shuttle crash and it's like, oh, humans are fucked. Now we need to go to AI. Now we need to see if AI can save us. And I'm like, what? Because then what comes up on the screen is Earth 2036. So this is only six years later. They didn't like, listen, with, with shuttlecrafts, with anything to do with rockets and stuff, shit's going to go wrong. Like it might be human error or it might just be shoddy workmanship on the rocket or it might be a lot of variables that they they hadn't thought of, you know. But to, to completely dismiss the human race and go, well, humans can't do it. Let's see what AI does. I mean, that's never a good idea. What say you? To me, it was very disturbing that after one incident, humanity would completely put their faith into AI. It really, really scared the ever-loving shit out of me. And that's coming from someone who uses AI on a daily basis. And AI allows me to do the things that I love to do. But I believe that in no matter what you do, whether you're, whether you're a NASA pilot, whether you are a pilot flying a plane, or if you're, if you're in a position of power, the human element is always needed to make the right decision. So I hope that what happened what happens in this movie never comes to pass because in a life and death situation i am not put, i i i would never put my hands fully in fully in I, I would never put my life fully in the hands of a of of an ai because i wouldn't trust it that it would make the right decision because it is a computer there are things that a computer can't understand about being human and how we work as a species. So that really made me uncomfortable. Also, that pissed me off, but the ending of this movie pissed me off even more because I was like, see, I told you so. See, this is what happens when you trust shit like this. Yeah, I think, I think unfortunately that's the way the human race is going. Maybe not like as like, extra and dramatic as this movie, but it is definitely going in the way where we're everything that we rely on is AI now, like, like not everything, but most things. And it's getting worse and worse and worse. And, you know, my prediction is there's going to be two factions of people. There's going to be people that are all into the AI stuff and the AI control everything and blah, blah, blah. And there's going to be people that go, no, like we're human. We want to live as humans. Um, they meant that may not be for another 50 to a hundred years, but I think the way that it's going, I mean, yeah. And now all this virtual reality stuff is coming out and it's like taking us away from being human and living our lives and putting us in the control of, of computers. And I just, yeah, that I think a, a balance a good there's a good balance that's needed and the way we're going i just think the whole human soul and human race thing i think it's just going to be it's going to be full on ai <laughs> i don't know when it's going to be but it's going to be full on ai anyway let's continue so now it says earth 2036 and we have a shot of uh, Mackenzie, who is Katie Sackoff, and she's kind of sitting outside a base looking up at the stars, and it says undisclosed location. So we don't know where she is. Is she on Earth? Is she on, like, I don't, did you know where she, did? was she on Earth? Did you get that? I had a, I had a massive problem with geography in this movie. <laughs> yeah, me too. At, at first, at first I thought she was on the ship that leaves without, proper without proper permission at first then i thought she was on a space station hovering up above the earth and then what happens towards the end of the film i'm like okay what the fuck is happening here so from a geography standpoint i thought the screenplay writer did an awful job of telling us where katie sackoff was in relation to everybody else in the world because 
at the start of the film, she meets up with one other guy. And I'm like, okay, so she's in like a spaceport. And when this ship takes off, I thought that she was on the ship. But then later on, this guy comes back. So I'm like, okay, she was on the ship then. So where is she? Is she on the spaceport? Or where the hell is she? So I think that the writer did an awful job with geography in this film because I couldn't tell you where fucking Katie Zagoff was. But that was kind of the point because at the end of the movie, it's actually revealed where she was the entire time. So I think he was trying to make it mysterious, but it just made me go, but where is she? <laughs> but I get it, but I just don't think it was it was kind of done done correctly. So anyway, she enters this base. She goes down in an elevator with a guy named Sterling and there she's got issues with I like the I like the dialogue between them because she's got big issues with him and she basically tells him to fuck off. Like I don't like you fuck off, you're a dickhead. Um and he kind of just takes it. So anyway, he get she gets out of the lift and she kind of goes to uh like a locker and puts her jacket and puts all the shit in the locker. And then she goes into this room with this massive screen in front of her and this massive like touch table computer thing. And this is literally where we will spend the rest of the movie. Um, so it's just, it's just her in the room. And then we hear this voice start talking to her, which is AI and she calls him um, Artie. And he comes, he comes down from I don't know how to explain it. If anybody's seen Flight of the Navigator, it reminded me of the alien dude in Flight of the Navigator. He's got like this big it's like his head is like a big ball that's got like a reflective thing at the front. Um and it's attached the ball is attached to like a mechanical arm that's attached to the ceiling that can make him go like wherever he wants and like swoop down and go up and sideways and stuff. I mean can you explain that any better than I can explain it? Because I really didn't know how to, how to explain like what this AI dude looks like. It's a rig. It's a camera rig. It's a crane. So yeah. it's like it's like it's like the it's like the a the the AI interface, which is a big giant ball, is 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 you know hooked to a giant camera rig on the roof. And what a fucking camera rig is. It's basically like it's it's basically like a big giant arm, and if you're making a movie, you would attach a camera to the end of the arm, which in this case would be Artie. But it's it's just basically like a big giant camera rig. That's what it is. Yeah. But 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 it's yeah. it's it's suspended from the roof. Um, yeah. The other thing that well, I I will just wait until we get there. I don't want to spoil it, but I have other issues that i'm going that throughout the film i'm like uh okay what the hell but we'll get there um i didn't think Artie, the artificial i didn't think he was particularly designed in a way that you go oh i've never seen that before i thought that he was kind of shoddily designed like he's just like a ball attached to a mechanical arm that's like neutral colors and i was like oh you could have made him like cooler than that you know (laughs) what he reminded me of who what i this movie gave me so many this gave me this movie gave me like 2001 a space odyssey vibes all over the place he reminded me of the artificial intelligence in 2001 a space odyssey like oh okay i haven't seen that movie in ages and every time i watch it i fall asleep sorry to the fans of the movie but i fall asleep during that movie <laughs> so i don't know what you're talking about but i will endeavor to google it after we are done here so anyway um so basically she's mission control she's she and this other guy sterling who we don't really know what the fuck he does she's the only one that's mission control now for nasa they don't have like twenty thousand people working she's mission control because everything is ai oriented so something comes up on the screen and Artie says okay i'm gonna launch this mission and she was like no i didn't authorize it he goes yeah well like i you know i'm doing it and so you you see right off the bat he kind of overrides her and she starts stressing out because she's like, no, it's not time to launch the mission. It's not time to launch this. And he's like, yeah, well, it's the right time. And you're kind of going, oh, okay. This is going to be one of those movies where like the AI completely like has like fucking takes over. Um, and then she gets on a, on a phone call with her sister um, who is, we don't, yeah, geograph- geographically again, we don't know where her sister is. We don't know really what her sister's job is other than the fact that she's kind of like, above um mackenzie in like 
like job stat- what does her sister do <laughs> do you know what her sister's job is i would guess that she's in charge of space command because she's the individual that doesn't give Artie the information that he, the information that she, he needs at one point in the film so i would guess that she's the one that pushed for artificial intelligence to basically run nasa so I viewed her as the head of Space Command in the film. Okay, we'll go with that because that that actually makes a lot of sense. So anyway, she gets on the phone call with her sister and you can see the issues that she has because there's this whole conversation where Mackenzie is like, you know, no, humans need to control this. And her sister's like, no, let AI control everything. It's so great. And so there's like an argument. So you can see Mackenzie's point of view because she doesn't like Artie. She doesn't like him. She's sarcastic to him. She doesn't want anything to do with him. Like without him, she could probably do the job just fine. And her sister's like, no, Artie is basically in control. You're just there for basically just like the human element of it. And I was like, oh, okay. But, um, you know, if if you if you were in that situation, would you prefer Artie or no Artie? Would you prefer AI to be assisting you or would you just be like, no, I can do it myself? If you really believed you could do it yourself, what would you choose? I would prefer if 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 I if we need to have AI, I tend to wanna have it the way that you have it, which is fifty fifty. I want AI to help me when I need it, but I don't want them to do everything for me. Like I said before, I think that there's a human element that will always be needed in situations like this throughout human history. And if we don't, if we don't keep that in mind, I'm not saying that this is going to happen one day, but something like this might happen to our important organ to our important organizations. Like for me, it would be, you know, uh, you know, uh, the military defense in the United States, right? So yeah, I, I would, I would want a fifty-fifty kind of deal. Balance, balance in all things, uh, because it's a really good line of dialogue, and she says, "AI are here to help us, not lead us," which is true, and I think some people, even in our world, get kind of mixed up with that. So anyway. Um, the AI starts saying he's picking up a signal and it's the origin is unknown. And, you know, she is talking to her sister and her sister goes, but it can't be unknown because Artie knows everything, like has access to everything, knows everything about everything. And she's like, I don't know what to tell you. It says he's saying he doesn't know like what it is. And so he sends, they send um, the AI um, on a rover to, to investigate the object, which is on Mars uh, which is which is why I was like, are they? I didn't know if she was on like a station on on Mars or if she was on Earth or if she's on a space station. Like, yeah, like you said, it's just like that bit is really confusing until you kind of come to the end. I don't think the writer did a good job with that at all. So anyway, there's the rover. The AI is going to investigate this object, and when you see this object, it's massive. It is like this, like compared to the rover, it's it looked like I'm gonna. <laughs> You know, I got to do it. I'm going to use another Star Trek. It looks like a Borg cube. That's what I thought it looked like. It like looks like a, it's like it's fucking massive compared. The rover looks like a little Tonka toy compared to this cube that's just like appeared there. And so you're kind of going, what the fuck is that? There's no doors. There's no windows. Um, there's just there's no nothing. And Artie says like this, I can't penetrate it. Like he's trying every single scan, and you can't. I can't penetrate it, but I'll take a sample. And so he tries to take a sample, or he does take a sample. Um, did you, I mean, come on. Did you think Borg Cube, or did you think Borg Cube? No, I definitely thought Borg, I definitely, I definitely thought Borg Cube, but I also thought Obelisk from 2001 A Space Odyssey. Um, yeah, oh, oh, yeah, see, that I remember. That, that I remember. Yeah. Look, and in the movie, they even call it an Obelisk. And look. Uh, before Artie takes a sample, he asks for uh, uh, a specific program that the United that the United Space Force has, and Katie Sackhoff's sister, for some reason, 
won't give him full control of it. So that's why, you know, for about a good five or seven minutes, they they argue about that. And that brings into question if they trust this, if they trust this, if they trust this AI so much, why won't they give them full control and full autonomy? Like that doesn't make sense at all. But that also leads into something else that kind of bugged the crap out of me later in the film. So we'll get to that. I thought that this movie really did a good job at introducing the mystery, but as far as execution and the way that the story was told, I thought could have been done a lot better. Yeah. I remember that bit where she's like, yeah, I'm not going to tell, I'm not going to give Artie full access to everything. And it's like, yeah, but you're either you give him full access or you don't like, obviously you feel like you can't trust him. Like, yeah, I felt like the, I understand they were trying to set the sister up as like, you know, pro AI, but then she goes and says something like this, which is kind of like not in her character. So I felt like that, that was a bit weird. Anyway, there's a, there's a random satellite that appears. Um, and Artie just goes, Oh look, there's a satellite. I'm going to blow it up. And then he just randomly blows it up. And I'm sitting here like, what? And then they find out it was like a China satellite and they were spying and it's like, yeah, but you're going to go blow. I don't know. That made no sense. And it kind of didn't come back later in the story. Like, why would you blow up a random satellite? Like spying? Like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't even know what to say about that. Cause I felt like it was just, maybe it was showing that he's just, he can just take it upon himself to do whatever the fuck he wants. Like he doesn't need the human, um, you know, go to do it. Was that what it was saying? I don't know. No, I, I, I really, really, I, I didn't understand that either. I'm, I'm like, uh, whatever. Uh, yeah, I, I was like, that was useless. What, what was the point of that? So I didn't get that either. So I'm with you on that. Yeah, that was super weird. So anyway, we go back to the Mar, the, the Mars. We go back to Mars and we see the Borg cube. That's what I'm going to call it from now on, the Borg cube. And it begins to spin really slowly on the surface, and then it kind of speeds up, speeds up, speeds up, and then it turns to light. And then it vanishes and it's the same light that from the beginning of the movie with the shuttle, with the whole tractor beam and then the shuttle vanishes, it's the same light. So it's like, oh, maybe that cube had something to do with the shuttle like vanishing in the beginning. I don't know. So in the next scene, we, um, we learn Mackenzie's telling a story and we learn that her father was on Martian one, um, which kind of explains Um, I mean, it kind of does, but it kind of doesn't explain why she's so full on about the AI because I think, I think, I don't know. I think the AI was either in control of the shuttle, which wouldn't make sense because that's why they had AI come in because it was human error. Um, so I don't know that whole thing does, that doesn't make sense. Um, but basically she told him to go on the mission and that's why, you know, she wanted the job that she has. And that's why, I mean, it kind of explains a little bit of backstory, but I just didn't, I don't know. Like I didn't feel, I'm not, I wasn't feeling it. You know, like when someone explains backstory, you got to feel it. I wasn't feeling it. What say you? Actually, um, she actually didn't ask for the job. She actually got demoted because she actually convinced her father to go on the mission in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, she convinced him when he didn't want to go. He was like, no, I'm not going to go. And she could, yeah, and that's why she feels shit. Here's the thing at the point that the Borg cube shows up and it flashes away to to, uh, Alaska because that's where it goes. At this point, I'm thinking, like, okay, I thought this movie was about trying to find the ship that disappeared in the first act of the movie. If it's not going to be that, what the fuck are we doing here? I thought that this actor or Jesus Christ, I thought that the script of this movie did not do a good enough job of telling the audience, okay, this is what we're doing. And this is the story that we're going to tell. They did not do a good enough job at all about throwing any hats on the ground whatsoever. They just, told the story and they just said, screw it. We're going to let the audience figure out what the hell is happening here. I think they were trying to make it, you know how some sci-fi movies are so up their own anus 
that they're like, oh, we're just going to let the audience figure this shit out. But like the audience, no, like I'm happy to figure shit out, but not when I'm sitting there going, uh, what? (laughs) I I don't like getting to that stage, but yeah, there were no hats dropped. There were no setups. There were no payoffs. Um, there were, it was just a really, yeah, it was just a, I don't know. I don't even know what to call it, but anyway, let's move on. Um, so anyway, they begin to analyze the sample from the Borg cube and she, Mackenzie says, gets this like, um, she's like surprised and amazed and shocked. And she says it's self-assembling nanotechnology as if we fucking know what that is. Right. She's like, Oh my God, it's self-assembling nanotechnology. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, I don't know what that means, but I guess it's bad. Is it bad or is it good? Like, I didn't know. Is it bad or is it good? Like, I didn't know that. But when it showed it under the, the, um, the magnifying glass, it actually looked like something called graphene oxide. I'm not going to explain what that is, where it comes from or what it's in. You can research it if you want, but that's what it fucking looked like. Um, so the AI basically says, catches on that there's another cube in Antarctica, not Alaska, it was Antarctica. Um, and Katie Sackoff's character was like, oh, there's another one. He goes, no, no, it's the same one. And she's like, what? And then she says, oh, my God, they're using hyperlight travel. And at the beginning, there was, like, writing on the screen that said hyperlight communication. But now she's saying, oh, there's hyperlight travel. We still, as the audience, don't fucking know what hyperlight travel or communication is. I assume it's, like, light speed, but we don't know. Like, it's not explained. Like, she was excited. Self-assembling nanotechnology. Great. I don't get it. Like, you know, hyperlight. Oh, my God, hyperlight travel. And it's like, great. I don't get it. <laughs> so... Like, please give me your thoughts on this. Am I the only one that's fucking confused? No, you're not. Like this, this the, the writer of this movie doesn't good, doesn't do a good job of explaining any of the concepts that he presents in this movie. You know what would have been better? He could have explained hype what what hyperlight travel is and what hypercommunication is. In the beginning of the movie, when he did that little, uh, when he did that little, you know, when, you know, when he went, when that exposition came up on the screen, he didn't, he didn't even have to have Katie Sackhoff say what it was. Just give us a quick explanation of what these two concepts are. So when you introduce them in the film, the audience knows, okay, that does this. And that's why she is so excited about this. Like, this is you know, screenplaying, this is writing 101. And if you want to make a cohesive story and a, and a story that your audience can go with, you need to do these things. If you don't do these things, you're going to have two audience members talking about a film like we're talking about it now. Things are happening in this movie, but we don't know where the fuck we're going because the, write, the, the writer of this movie didn't bother to do anything. And he just said, Go. Yeah, there was. The, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I get it. Like he just wanted us like, to work it out, but like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, uh, I'm smart, but I'm not that smart. I need help. Help. Can especially, you me yeah, especially thing? when you're making shit up because he's just making shit up. So like, how are we supposed to know something that he's just making up? He has to explain it. Like hyper light yeah. technology. Like that's not a thing. You've made it up. So how do we know what it is? I love movies that puts their I love movies that put characters in static locations. I love movies where we're just with somebody in one location and we don't move from that location. But that movie has to be well thought out, well planned out, and a lot of things need to fit into place for me to oh, be yeah. entertained. Oh yeah. In in you know in that sort of setting. And this movie was like the writer said, okay, uh, audience, in that cabin is a whole bunch of cool stuff. And I'm not going to tell you how I built that cabin or where that cabin came from. You're just going to go in there and you're just going to love it. And I'm like, <laughs> no, if you want to make me love the cabin that I'm, that I'm about to step into, you're going to have to give me something. But the writer of this film gave me nothing. Yeah, nothing, nothing. Um, so 
uh, moving on, the next scene is she tries to access a file and it says um, access level six only. And so she calls the guy who she was just like basically berated in the elevator at the beginning of the movie, says, hey, can you come and help me? Which I was like, dude, you just like you just literally put him down. You're snarky to him. You Basically, she was a bitch to him. And now she's like, hey, can you come and help me? And I was like, oh, God. So he comes in and he's like, yeah, what do you need help with? And she says, "And no, oh, no, this, this is what the problem was for me. Big problem. He comes in and she doesn't even tell him what he what she wants. He just sits down at the computer and just knows. <laughs> he's just like, oh, blah, 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 puts in his access code and brings up the file that she was looking for. She never told him. Did I miss something? No, you're right. She never told him anything. He just sat down and started doing shit. But also, at that point in the film, my problem with geography comes in again. I'm like, okay, where the fuck, where is Katie Sackhoff? And I thought that guy was on Earth. And if that guy, and, and if that guy was on Earth, how did he get there? It's like, where did this fucking guy go? Or where is Yeah, like what is he what is his job? <laughs> because because geography, because he he shows up at the beginning of the movie and leaves and then comes back again. But you don't know where look, I understand that there's a big reveal coming at the end of the film that needed for the audience not to know where Katie Stackoff is, but to do stuff like this. You can do that, but just give the audience an idea of where Katie Sackhoff is supposed to be. If you want to do what you if if the writer wanted to do what he does at the end of the movie, that's fine. But start the movie with telling the audience Katie Sackhoff is in is here in relation to everybody else mm. in the story. But yeah. again, the sense of not knowing where the fuck Katie Sackhoff is yeah. really pissed me off when this guy showed up again. I know, and I felt like he was just there just to, I don't know, for no fucking reason. So anyway, he opens up the fire, which is the Martian 1 crash transmission, um, and, you know, you kind of see a few images. It's nothing that gives the story any anything because the story is not really about that. Um, and then we realize the cube was involved in in the crash. Um, and then we realize that hyperlight technology, which we don't even know what the fuck it is, is actually alien technology. And so I'm like, great. I still don't know what it is and I don't fucking know what it does, but that's good. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. <sighs> Look, um, analyzing this movie, I'm realizing it's got a lot of flaws. Cause when I first initially watched it, I was like, Oh, this is great. <laughs> And now I'm doing this. I'm like, oh, this is not this is not so great. No, so, I had to. I, yeah. I had to. I had the same reaction you did when I first saw this movie. As an audience member, I was like, this is fucking great. These are the movies that I love. Yeah. About characters in one sack location. I thought this movie was a thinking man's science fiction movie. That's how I wrote about it on Twitter the first time I saw it. Yeah, I agree. But when I saw it, when I saw it tonight with my screenplay writer's cap on, I'm like. <laughs> This movie does not fucking work at all. No, no. And it just keeps getting weirder because now there's a weird manhole cover that opens up randomly on the floor. Like that was not set up. That should have been set up. And so it's like, oh, sorry, what? No, go ahead. Go ahead. And I was like, oh, okay. So that was random. And then Mackenzie's like, oh, I'm going to climb down. Like, she doesn't know what's down there. Like, why? I don't know why she's she's climbing down for fucking some reason. And then it just gets keeps getting weirder. She climbs down and wants to know what's what's in there, right? And then this guy Sterling that's there, he connects to the he, – he does this shit on the computer, connects to the cube. It says establishing link and downloads files and then deletes all traces that he's done so and then reboots Artie. And I'm like, what? And I, f- I, I found that interesting because he would not have known that he would get access to the room. I mean, that that the manhole cover, did he do that? And did he know that she was going to go down there for him to, to do that? And we don't know why he's doing that. Like, we do in like a couple of minutes because he's like, oh, no, AI's bad. We need to destroy it. And I'm like, that was not set up in his character. Like, at all. He just like starts doing this shit on the computer. And then we go to where Mackenzie is and she finds traces of the, the cube, like the graphene oxide thing. Um, 
I still don't, I don't know what it is. I guess it's like it's like how Artie works. I don't know. Like whatever the cube is made of, she finds in the station that she's in, and you're kind of like, oh, okay. And then and then she's down there for like a while, and as she's climbing back up, he pushes the manhole cover over, and I'm like, why didn't you just do that when like like right when she gets to the top? Why didn't you if you wanted to trap her down there? And I don't even know why he wanted to trap her down there. Right? There was no explanation. He just pushes the manhole cover, and it's like, oh, you're trapped now. And I'm like, why would you? Why would you do that? Like I, yeah, yeah. He basically says Artie is a threat, and he had to be. Yet to be deactivated, and then Artie turns around and headbutts Sterling and basically kills him, and then opens up the manhole and Mackenzie climbs out and finds Sterling dead. Um, that whole that whole fucking scene made exactly zero sense to me. Yeah, number one. Okay, Mackenzie is working on this station. Shouldn't she know every fucking inch of that station? Yeah. Oh yeah. Every and, inch. And and. If that guy Sterling wanted to do what he did, shouldn't he know about the manhole cover on the fucking station? Like, how does he not know that this fucking manhole cover exists? Okay? And how in the fuck did the did the same material from the board cube get in the station? Like, who fucking built this thing? But the way that they're reacting is like, oh my god, it's a big secret. Well, it kind of is a secret, but when it comes to execution, this doesn't work at all. Because if you had if, if you had Katie Sackoff asking asking some more questions, and then Sterling getting pissed off, and she and Sterling tried to attack Katie Sackoff, and then the hole on the floor opened up, and she went down there to escape from getting killed by Sterling, that would have made more sense. Because the yeah. only thing that she's the, look, the only thing that she says to go down in the manhole in the first place is, oh, they put a ladder down there, and like, oh, they wouldn't put a ladder down there if they didn't mean for anybody to go down there. And I'm like, that's weak. That fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah, that, that absolutely sucks. And here's another thing: when the character of Katie Sackoff comes back up, the 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 computer Artie. Starts talking in a different voice, and I'm like, what the fuck? I think because he was rebooted, I think that, look, I'm not saying that's what it is. I'm just trying to, like, give this movie credit wherever I fucking can. So I'm just going to go with, maybe that's because he was rebooted. But I don't know. But I agree, it was fucking weird. Uh, But anyway, let's move on from that fucking weird scene. So it gets even weirder. As if you, like, just... Oh my god. So the next scene is there's like military guys coming down in the fucking elevator and they've got like these fucking AK-47s and like they're like SWAT team guys and I'm like what the fuck is this then? And where do they come from? And so there's like a seven of them that come down in the lift and they they go to her they go down to her level and they get there and she's standing in the room and they're pointing. There's like seven or eight big burly SWAT guys pointing these AK-47s at this like at her and I'm like what what how uh what and then she um or Artie closes the blast doors and kind of locks her in so they can't get in but what please explain please explain that I do not get that at all what the fuck again geography we don't know where the fuck Katie Sackoff is so this for these guys to come out of nowhere I'm like uh, worth the like, what the fuck? Like, this would have worked if the writer at the beginning of the film would have established geography and where Katie Sackhoff was. If at the beginning of the film, the writer would have said, okay, she's on this working space station with, with a skeleton crew and a security team. Bingo! That's how you explain the other guys. But the writer took zero amount of time to explain where the fuck Katie Sackhoff was. That's why that fucking scene does not work at all. Absolutely nothing. I mean, why the fuck here? uh, Here's another thing. Why the fuck are these, why the fuck are these guys coming to kill Katie Sackhoff? That's what I mean. That isn't explained at all. At all. Absolutely not. 
No, because Look, there's, I mean, there's like two people on this station that we've seen, her and that guy Sterling, two people. Isn't it overkill yeah. to send like eight SWAT guys for someone that's unarmed? <laughs> like it seems a bit fucking overkill for me. Yeah, I mean, look, 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 look. The, the main reason that they could have been coming after her is because Sterling sent a fucking drone to Space Command to blow it up or, or something. But that doesn't work either because the drone that he sent doesn't end up going anywhere. Yeah. Because the thing that, the thing that kills Space Command, we'll get to that later, which that, that, that's another, that's <laughs> another thing that wasn't set up at all and makes no fucking sense. Yeah. Because, it was not set up correctly. Nothing, yeah. <laughs> absolutely nothing in this fucking movie was set up at all. So as an no. audience member, you're supposed to go, okay, no. As an yeah. audience member, I expect more out of my writers. And this guy, look, God bless him for taking his short film and making it into a feature. But this guy did none of the work to earn anything that he said in this movie. Yeah, but like as you said before, like when we first watched this movie without our screenwriter's hat on, it was fine. But you know, and that's how people will watch the movie. People are not going to watch it with our brains; they're going to watch it for the enjoyment. And I did enjoy it the first time. But when we are dissecting it, we can see how many flaws it actually has. So I think you know the writer's done a good job in just like putting forth entertainment, but putting forth something cohesive for, for another screenwriter to latch onto. That is something that he has not fucking done. So anyway, um, Lena, which is uh, Mackenzie, Katie Sackhoff's sister, she wants to destroy the cube. Mackenzie wants to save it. And so there's kind of like an argument and a battle because you're sitting there, you're like, wait a minute. So Mackenzie's character, Katie Sackhoff, hates AI, doesn't want anything to do with AI, yet wants to save the cube. But I think she wants to save it because she knows it has something to do with the Martian 1 um, shuttle crash and she kind of wants to learn a little bit more about not that that was ever fucking said I'm just assuming that that's what it is so Lena her sister um, uh, blasts a drone at it like as if a pissy little like earth drone is going to do anything to a fucking Borg cube but you know, whatever um, and Katie Sackhoff's character with along with the AI because now she, suddenly she's fucking friends with the AI now and she hated him before so that wasn't set up um, she said can we blast like she blasts a drone at it but it's not uh, it, it basically puts like a magnetic shield over it so anything like if a drone comes it's just not going to penetrate the cube so apparently that technology exists so she does that and as the drone is about to hit the Borg cube the cube um, disappears and teleports back to Mars because it's on Antarctica and I just I don't <sighs> I don't understand, like, where did it, why does, I just, I don't know. I don't know what to say anymore. The actress who plays Katie Sackhoff's sister, her actions in that one moment don't make any sense at all. Don't make any sense at all. Yeah. No why sense. do they don't make any sense at all? Because we have just discovered that the entire station or wherever the fuck Katie Sackhoff is is built by that by by the, the material that the cube is from, mm, and Katie mm. Sackhoff's sister supports AI technology. So why would she want to kill the one material that makes AI possible for the whole human race? Like, uh, why? Yeah, uh, why? It's <laughs> pretty much it. So anyway, RT, um. So this is when the whole, like, Artie starts, like, explaining everything, which is, like, the AI. He says, uh, mankind was on the brink of destruction. Nothing he could do would stop it. So he expedited the process. So his solution was to eradicate the human race. And so you're like, what? And so we see him launching all these missiles directed to every single corner of the earth. And there's footage of her sister getting basically like dying, getting blown up. And the earth is just getting blown up from like all these different angles. And Katie Sackhoff's looking at it like, what the fuck? Like, is this real? Um, 
And you're sort of sitting there. You're like, is this real? Is this a simulation? Like you kind of, because it comes out of fucking nowhere. Like Artie just comes out and is like, mankind bad, going to destroy. And I'm like, oh, was that set up at all? (laughs) Also, also, I just want to mention two things. Number one, there are robots on Mars. I'm like, like, uh, okay. And number two, something that uh, I just want to point out. Throughout the course of the film, Katie Sackhoff has these flashes. And these flashes, oh, yeah. <laughs> these, these flashes are not explained at all, and they correspond to the cube. I'm like, yep. uh, what the fuck is that? But go on, onwards. Yeah, so then that happened. And so the Earth is, like, totally, totally destroyed. It's like a burning ball of, like, explosions. So now Mackenzie is the last human left. Um, but we don't know where she is. So clearly she's not on Earth. Because otherwise she'd be dead. So she must be, I don't know, like on Mars, but we don't fucking know where she is. Um, so Artie shows her. So she she goes, I don't know. I don't know if her reaction is like great. I don't know. I think I would have had a more like visceral reaction. But she he shows her that it's possible to remake the human race using 3D printing and using AI for basically the intelligence. And like that's scary enough as it fucking is. <laughs> Because 3D printing a human, like, that's not recreating the human race. That's recreating fucking androids. Um, But anyway, so her air supply starts to run down and down and down. And then there's no air and she dies. So there's a – I don't know if it's a – I liked the start of the scene, but then it went on for too long. So there's a a shot he uses where he goes into Katie Sackhoff's eye and it looks really nice and then he kind of transitions into galaxies and nebulas and and all this like space stuff and it looks really nice, but it goes on for like five fucking minutes and you're like, is this the end of the movie? Like you think – I think, okay, roll the fucking credits. Um, But it's just – did you feel like that was unnecessary and too fucking long? Oh, oh, fuck yeah! I thought, I thought, <laughs> I, I thought, I thought it was the writer up his own ass. Like, <laughs> what is the, what is the point of this? What is the fucking point? What is yeah. the point? But, 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 I have a theory, and we're and we're and we're approaching the theory way quick. So just onward you go. All right. So. Um, then after that really, really weird uh, sequence, Mackenzie opens her eyes and you're like, oh, she's not dead. And then we see a recorded video message of her um, on the screen. And I, I'm, you have to explain this to me because I'm confused. I don't, I don't know what, because I, I, I think I watched, I rewound that scene like three times and I'm like, what is she, what, what the recorded message was didn't make sense to me. I'm like, is that, is that the real her and she died and now this is like an android or is that her? Like she didn't give any information where it's like, what's the message that she was, all she said was like, don't give up, don't give up. And I'm like, but is that her or is that not her? Is that a clone? Is she a clone? Or like, yeah, I was so, I was confused. If you know what that, what that was, um, please explain. Oh yeah. Uh, so my theory is that everything that we have, scene in this movie has been one big giant one big giant test one big giant uh 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 uh, trilling test uh um uh a trilling i'm sorry that's not his name but the katie sackoff says at one point to the ai in the early part of the film just to test if he doesn't go crazy she asks him some questions and those questions were created by the very, very first guy to build a hard drive that would be the first computer in World War II, right? So my theory is the, the entire movie, what we've been watching the whole fucking time, is this robot. And everything oh. that happened was – everything that happened – was one big giant a test to see if this robot was worthy of living and and you know and to keep on living right. and that end that tape was reality but we didn't get to see any of that and the main reason why I think it was a robot sure. 
is because of the flashes that Katie Sackhoff has throughout the course of the film that aren't explained yeah. at all. Why yeah. would she have those flashes if she wasn't an android to begin with? Yeah. Um, I thought, I mean, my theory, because that's the thing. Why are we having theories? They should fucking, why don't they just fucking tell us? Like, I don't want to have theories. So my theory was because he just, like, literally in the scene before, he'd said, oh, we can bring back the human race by doing 3D printing. So I thought she was a 3D printed model of her former, her former self. That's what I thought it was, which is like similar, if not the same, to what you said. But anyway, um, then Artie asks her, "What year is it?" She said, "2036." And he says, "Where are you?" And she says, "Mission Control." Those are the questions. Yeah, those are, Mission Control. The, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the those, those are the those are the trilling questions that that the real Kitty Zakoff, which which was the girl on a message, asked ask uh, asked Artie to ask the robot version of her. Yeah, but what does it? What do those questions and answers bring? What are they? I don't get what the point is. That that proves to Audrey that the robot is not crazy. That, oh, that okay. That that the robot that that the robot's thinking process is where it should be. Right, right, right. Um, so after that, she gets up and she leaves wherever the fuck she is, and she opens the door. Um, and we see her on Mars, and she actually walks out of the cube. So she's been on the cube. She's been in the cube the entire time, which is why geographically we didn't know where she was. So that's where she's been the entire time, which I thought was maybe a good part of the movie. Like, I thought it was quite good. I was like, oh, she's been in the cube the whole time. But I don't think the writer slash director really um, set it up to be – like, it was a wow moment, but it wasn't a wow moment. Do you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't set up. I was just so sick of it by this point. I'm like, oh, great. She's in the fucking cube. I don't care. I'm still trying to find out what hyperlight technology is. I don't give a shit about this cube. But anyway, so we're nearly to the end, folks. (laughs) We're nearly to the end of the movie. This is pretty much the end. But, yeah, sorry, sorry. What were you going to say? You know what? Fuck it. Forget it. Go to the end already. All right. (laughs) So she's – She's in oh, – what do I – I can't even read my fucking writing. Look, that's how fucked I was by the end of the movie. I was, like, scribbling stuff. I was like, oh, my God, I can't even read this. Um, okay, she's walking in – what did I write? You can keep this in because this is, this is probably going to be the best part of the whole thing. Um, oh, that's right. Sorry. She's walking in black. It's a, There's, like, blackness around her. And then Artie's code is, like, displayed all around her. Like, like as images, and it's like, oh, okay, cool. And then he says, um, she sits down in a chair, in a random chair that's there, and he says, you were born in the mind-based reality, a simulation so real, only highly advanced beings could have created it. And I'm like, oh, that sounds like it could be something, but it's not, because this movie makes no sense. So I guess the whole thing with this was a simulation. Like I get it. And I'm like, Oh, okay. That's cool. It would have been better if it was written better, but I was like, okay, only highly advanced beings. Okay. Um, the cubes purpose is hyperlight teleportation, which again, who fucking knows what that is. Okay. So it teleports. That's fine. But we know it fucking teleports because it teleported from Mars to fucking Antarctica and back again. We get it. That's not a big, like, Oh my God moment. Um, but it can also teleport between galaxies, which is cool. I mean, I guess, look, if you can teleport between Mars and Antarctica, like Earth, I'm pretty sure you'd be able to teleport pretty much anywhere in the fucking universe. So anyway, um, he says he's detected, Artie says he's detected a signal from them, like the people that created the cube, um, with coordinates. So the cube begins to spin and we see Mackenzie... Um, Basically, as the cube is teleporting, as it's traveling through the galaxies, the galaxies are kind of I, I, look. It's it's a good it's good CGI. The galaxies are surrounding her, and she sees all this like all the planets got like whooshing past her and everything. And she's smiling, and she's like, "Oh my god, this is so cool!" And it kind of it does look cool. And then a door opens, um, a weird door opens to white light. We don't see what's on the other side. She stands up. She enters. We pull back and see multiple cubes where that cube is so it's like it that, i mean it looks like multiple fucking borg cubes like the borg is gonna come and fucking get star trek i don't know so anyway i was like oh cool star trek so anyway um arty 
says that I picked you because I sensed in you that you had a thirst for knowledge and a passion for discovery. So he handpicked her. I mean, listen, out of the 8 billion people on the planet, he picked her. I mean, I felt like she didn't really have what he said because there was no character development because, you know, does she have a passion for discovery? Never brought up. Does she have a thirst for knowledge? Never brought up. So like, all right, Adi, I'll just go along with what you're fucking saying. So anyway, he says right at the end, he says he wants to rebuild the human race by expanding the human consciousness unhindered by the primitive science of man. And then it ends. End of movie. That entire sequence was like <laughs> that entire that that, that 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 entire sequence was the was the writer and the director of this film with a big giant stick up their ass going, "Oh, look how fucking smart I am." I hated that because just shut the fuck up already and end. I like look, you- I liked it, but it wasn't set up. It was like the whole yeah. movie was like, "Oh, this," and look. then the last five minutes was that, look. and I'm like, "No, look. that doesn't work." Look, this movie would have worked. This movie would have been awesome if the writer would have bothered to set it up. It's it it it, it is like this writer woke up one day and said, oh, I'm going to write a script. And it was like nobody told him that you have to lay the groundwork before you build a fucking road. Or better yet, or better yet, as script writers, you know what we do? You know what we do? I will tell you what we do. We build houses, okay? We build houses. And the way that we build houses is with columns. And in this analogy the columns are hats on the ground it is it is setup and payoff okay so the writer of this movie forgot to build a cohesive story you need columns or or, or vis-a-vis setup and he did nothing of that this movie was like a, a, a it was it was written by a first year film student that had had that had just cool ideas but no fucking way had to execute it at all oh my god tell us how you really feel go on <laughs> it was it was just it, was, it wasn't it, great it wasn't great okay okay there is a good movie in here somewhere there is a good movie in here oh yeah somewhere. there is that's what's so disappointing <laughs> but in order for the in order for that to be true this movie needed a lot mm. so much and look, the one shining point of this movie, and it's kind of a cheat because I love her to death. She's she's Starbuck. She, I mean, I love Kitty Sackhoff. She is, oh my god, please marry me. But yeah, she look look. She did she did the best that she could with what she was given. But again, as we've been saying for almost an hour, an hour. Oh my god, this movie was not written properly at all. Just at all. No. Um, I would have, yeah, I don't know. Let's just wrap it up. <laughs> um, <laughs> on to my trivia? Yes, I was going to say that. On to your trivia. Okay, I only have two pieces of trivia because this movie is so independent. It does not, it fucking has fucking shit all. So the AI, the big eyeball thing that I didn't fucking know how to describe, is they actually use the same one in Riddick. So I don't know what scene it was in, but but that 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 little contraption has been used in Riddick. I don't know if anybody cares, but there it is. So I've only got one more piece of trivia for you. This movie, you're going to be surprised at this, was shot in nine days. <laughs> Crazy, that right? Makes sense. It makes Doesn't sense, it? and you know, yeah, and, and yeah, and you know why this movie was shot in nine days? Because <laughs> nobody thought about it. They just did it. Nobody <laughs> thought about it. <laughs> Uh, right you are right you are but that that's uh that's it that's all i got for you but you know what i do have a, i do have a kind of a piece of trivia but it's not really a piece of trivia the production company that made this movie is a production company that katie holmes works with a lot like all, all uh, uh almost every movie that she does now she does with this independent company uh and she actually uh did her uh, uh last film her 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 second directorial effort with this company that was released earlier this year. So uh, I found that to be quite interesting. 
Oh, very cool. Very cool. I did not know that. That's a cool piece of trivia. That's that's needed. <laughs> that was needed because I didn't have much. So thank you for that. Yeah. And uh, with that being said, I think uh, that wraps it up for this edition of the Mixtape Podcast. Um, for those of you who are going to come back next time, uh, next time we'll be talking about a film that will be very, very, very interesting for us because it is a film discussing a topic that me and Dean know like the back of our hands, screenplay writing. So next time on the show, we will be, talk- we will be talking about a film entitled Final Draft, starring James Vanderbeek from Dawson's Creek fame. So with that, as I often say, If someone is kind enough to make you a mixtape one day, that must mean that they truly love you. The Mixtape Podcast is a Balloonhead Productions presentation.